Hello and welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 3, titled Shakespeare. Today is Tuesday, March 17th, 2015, and we are streaming live on Pride48.com. I can't talk. Just as we do every week at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined by my two amazing co-hosts from the podcast Dubious Intent Plus. We have Daniel Brewer. Uh, excuse me. I believe I believe it's Daniel O. Brewer today because it's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> hey, diddly diddly do. Wait, let me look. I'm reading this. I want to. Are you wearing green? Are I am. Wearing... I am. I am wearing a moss green uh, sweater uh, today. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I could see that. Even though it looks gray on the screen, I'm gonna take your yeah. word for it. And from the podcast's Big Silly Homo and Cocktails and Cream Puffs, we have the beautiful, the wonderful Ms. Donna Shookers. Hello, darlings. Yes. <laughs> I'm not it. wearing green, even though I'm Irish. I uh, like the pinches. I don't even think I own anything green. I hate green. Really? I'm no. Michelle Visage. You are. You're Michelle Visage. It was, uh, I, I am, uh, no, you haven't gotten to that part, Donna, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, by the way, uh, we're streaming live on Pride 48, so if you want to tweet out, if you're in the chat room right now and you want to tweet out, you can join us in the chat room, and then you can hit us up with some questions or whatnot uh, over in the chat room tonight. But I I was prepared for uh, St. Patrick's Day this year. Well, we I, had our first shade of the show already. D- Daniel basically saying, oh, Joe, you didn't put that in the intro, so okay, type that in for next week. What do you go mean? On. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I I I I I have moss green khakis on today, and I wow, wear my, my sweater. I was in, the only thing I didn't do is I didn't uh, wear the the shirt with the. I'm wearing a white shirt today, as opposed to you know. Oh, is it a wife beater? No. I, well, yes, I work at a hospital with a wife beater. No, it's a. It's a. It's an. Oxford. Oh, it's a way you were to work. It's a shirt. Are you actually in in a, in a hospital, or is this like a, more like an office building part of a hospital? Right. I'm. I work for the company that owns the hospital, so we are in a in a building adjacent to the hospital. So I don't actually yeah. work in the hospital. I work at adjacent. Now those are, are those your casual? Is that what you slipped into after work? Like no, no, no. I literally, I came in, I came in, I fed the cats and I set up a couple of, because we're, we've, we've switched to recording at eight o'clock now and I get home at seven. So it's like I, I've been rushing to get, you know, clips set and, uh, and you know, all that fun stuff. So anyway, I'm sorry, Joe, but I have derailed you. I'm sorry, Meredith Vieira. It's all right. This is, Meredith Vieira, let's get right into it. Excellent. Okay. So on this episode, we start in right when the girls walk into the workroom. And you know what? I didn't write this down. Who was the bitch that went last week? Sasha. 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 Bye, girl. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, bye, Felicia. And she had written on the mirror, love you, mean it, ginge for the win, which I knew when I saw that, Daniel was immediately going to throw up a little in his mouth. Because, Daniel, you do not like ginger (sighs) minge, correct? I do not. And you know what? As I mentioned on the last episode, I decided I did this experiment where I went to a local gay bar to watch the episode yesterday. So I actually went to 168 York Street in New Haven to watch yesterday. There was probably 15 to 20 people there to watch it. That's not bad, I don't think, for and a it, small town gay bar. Right. And the bartender told several people that came in and said, what the hell's going on? He's like, going, oh, yeah, well, it's this show that these people, he's like, we didn't. We didn't have this channel like two weeks ago, and the the owner called me and said, no, you need to buy that channel and whatever, and now we get like all these people. Look, look at this. On a Monday night, like all these people are, he was like all impressed that like all these people. Wait, this is a watching. gay bar? Yeah. And he's barely figuring this out on season seven? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm more shocked that they like don't even know the show. Like, yeah. What yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, and the bartender was like, oh, I, I had never seen this show until last week, and I was, uh, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But uh, no, it was so I saw it there, and yes, I saw that, and I have to say this, Joe Batanz, Apparently, I'm in the minority about Ginger because a lot of the people that I talked to last night and I asked them who they were pulling for, they all said that they liked Ginger Minj. Fucking hate her. So I'm do really I. I do. Her. I, I'm right now. She's still. I'm still ambivalent about Ginger Minj. There are things she does. That I think she does really well. And then I think, like in other words, I think she's a good drag queen, but I think she has a grating personality. I think my problem with her is, is that when I hear her say things, yeah, I know that they uh, are. Uh, no, I I know that they're plagiarized because she she'll say things, but they're so canned that it was like, girl, you just you just have like a yeah. a Rolodex of things that have already been written for you to make you she seem showed, more interesting. Well, you know, you obviously see that the following season after an, uh, the pre the previous they always like kind of try and be the the previous winner. So probably, you probably had her canned lines because Bianca could just whip them out like crazy, right? Well, because they were coming off the top of her head, right? Exactly, and they yeah. were also situational. And I think if, if we, so we go ahead, cause I want to get to the point where they were start, started bitching on other people. Cause I think well, really that was quickly, that show's... Yeah, cause it, we, it, it does happen. Well, what, what, let's actually jump right into it. So uh, one of the things that they do is Kennedy and Jasmine actually 
starts talking shit on the white girls. I think it's really an editing thing to, sh- to set them up because they're talking about how the white girls think they're all that and the white girls don't know shit and Bobby blah, blah. They don't like Here's the white girls. Right now. I don't like these little white girls. They had these simple bodies and they look like yeah. they look like bean poles. I mean, look at me. Look at me. I'm so well filled out. But yeah, her gums are real well filled out. <laughs> All about. She, I love her little comment. They're all about the runway, not the performance. Oh. You know what? That's New York. I mean, that New York drag is all about the runway. Fuck the performance. But the performance is there. Here's like what sometimes, I, I mean. What's wrong with the runway? Right. And I think I think what it boils down to is this. Right. So, you what what you do is drag. If what you you know drag is a huge tent. Right. Like I consider if you are a big leather daddy that goes out in a harness with a collar on and the hat and the boots and the assless chaps or whatever, you're just doing drag. Right. That's drag. Drag is 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 a big, wide world of thing. And you're if you want to call it drag, you're allowed to call it drag. What you can't do is to tell someone else that they aren't doing drag. You know what I'm saying? You don't get to, it's too big for you to be able to define. It's like, if you say that you're doing drag, then damn it, you're doing drag. It's like, I mean, if we want to get real, real technical, if you are dressed in anything that's remotely the opposite sex, you're dressed in drag because you are dressed as a girl, as we learned from this episode. Right. But that, that's, the, that's the technical definition of what I'm saying is, is that in pop culture, you know, in gay, in gay culture, drag is just, you know, yes, there's gender queers, there's, you know, uh, drag kings, there's drag queens. It's like there's, um, you know, there's a whole wide world of drag. And the kind of the rule is, is like, if you say you're doing drag, then okay, you're doing drag, but you don't get to tell someone else that that's not how you do drag. It's like, that may not be how you do drag, but you don't get to define other people's drag. I kind of feel it's a thing that you see a lot with the older queens when they're on the show. They're going to tell you what drag is. And it's usually directed at the younger queen. It seems like it could be some sort of like ageism thing that they just feel like oh these queens don't know and this is what real drag is i'm gonna school you on what real drag is it was just i I think at a certain moment that the the young queens always judge the old queens for not being as fishy yeah like oh look at these old queens they're they're busted they're fishy they're not working it and it's like frankly your drag is new like i mean and it's all different like you have to understand that there's so many different types of drag it doesn't matter like you just you do you let them do them if you want to judge them that's fine but right. be prepared that if you're not doing you to 100% because you're spending too much time judging others you're not going to win you're not going to get very far all right so but i found it amusing that the oompa loompa lady was basically making Who's fun oompa loompa lady did you not see that harsh orange foundation she was putting on she looked oh, like a ginger a, no jasmine she looked oh. like a damn oompa loompa but anyway uh she uh was basically picking on the them for being bean poles and it's like she weighs all of a hundred pounds i mean she, she she's walked, i mean come on her first outfit the very first episode <laughs> it was just ah, 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 ah. <laughs> anyway that was going to be her selling point uh well again like i said i really do think it was an editing choice that they were using to set it up that these two bitches are going to be going head to head at the end but we'll we're, we're, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself so now we cut to uh, the workroom the next day yes. and the girls walk in it's been a day now they've had a night to sleep and then J- this is a weird moment they have Jaden dior fierce comes in and has a gross conversation about her feet <laughs> and then jasmine says uh, you got to cut the corns off and feed them to the children yeah i didn't uh I do not want to not think about Jaden Dior Fierce on the, uh, her feet or any. Now you know what? She's my ginger minge. I do not like Jaden Dior Fierce. She bugs me. Uh, you know, I really hate her too. I'm ready for her to go. Here's the thing, yeah. though. It's uh, because I was watching it in a bar. They they had this the captions on, so I was actually reading the captions there. And let me tell you, that was whoever was doing the closed caption for that show is basically having to learn drag lingo on the fly. Could you also hear it at the bar too? Yeah, we could hear it, but, oh, yeah, but yeah. the closed caption were just on because those are the TVs that they have at the bar normally with the with the closed caption on. But it was. Because you know what somebody, you know, they got rid of like, ooh, girl, you got she-mail, right? right. They got rid of that. And it, it sounds like they're doing oh, new things. to me. <laughs> so Pardon stupid. me? What they replaced it with is so stupid. The one last night I thought was so funny, though. It's just like her random <laughs> talking. Yeah. I still don't know what she's saying. I know. That's why I found it so funny. So the girls get summoned to the mini challenge, and it happens to be an old lady drag challenge called Sissy That Walker. And Rue drives in on a scooter. Making Can I that- make a comment about Rue? Yes. Mama Rue, you're, you're our goddess. We love you. 
what is did anyone else notice the massive amount of makeup she was wearing in her boy drag she was caking that foundation on maybe i was just watching an hd but that was a little much i will i will tell you this no i didn't notice because i was watching an sd at the bar but the um this is what I, i noticed and i don't know whether it's because i was watching it in a communal setting or whether it's just this episode was so much better than the previous, but that whole Walker bit, you know, with her on the hover round and doing that whole, you know, fake ready, get, you know, ready set. And then the beep, 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 that whole little shtick that she did on her little uh, yeah. hover round there sold really well. I mean, everyone was busting a gut in the bar and it was, it's like, so I don't know if it was just the communal laughing at it that made me really appreciate that or whether it's just, you know, someone stepped up the production a little bit because I, I thought that that went off really well. I, I, just, I think she sold it. Well, I think she sold the scooter. Well, I, again, I, I was watching it in HD, but maybe I just, but I was watching far away. So maybe I didn't notice the, the makeup. I also don't notice those things. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, oh, I can spot a heavily powdered face from. <laughs> You're not supposed to use powder after age 40, right? Oh, really? Yeah, because it'll get, I don't in, know it gets in, this. it gets into the lines of your, it accentuates oh. your crow's feet. Anyway. Well, you know, even on RuPaul's podcast, she'll say like, oh, I've never done plastic surgery. I've never done anything, but I would if I could. But then on a, on a recent episode, I feel like she sort of slipped and said that she had done some stuff to her eyes or something. I don't know. She had done some sort of injection. I don't know. I don't think Botox counts as serious. Uh, I I think she's definitely had some Botox done. Okay. Does anybody have anything to say about the looks, the old lady drag looks that came in out? I. Hysterical. Yeah. By the way, Donna is, her computer is broken. So she is somewhere else tonight and it's, it's doing this horrible Wi-Fi thing. So say what you said again, Jonna, because we're, we're, we lose you occasionally. I was just saying that the, the looks were really, really funny. I mean, just to expand upon it, I don't know if they themselves did all that makeup, but they actually put an effort forth and you can tell a few of them do have some makeup training or, or are just that experience that it's not just beauty. They know how to do some character. Yeah. Like Pearl, I thought I thought Pearl's makeup was done really well. For the... Do you think for this challenge in particular, they had makeup people for them to help get them into the character? No, because it wasn't that good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And all right, and, so... and some of them were just really bad. I mean, <laughs> so it's like if they'd had people, they all would have been good. I, I think um, my favorite part of that whole challenge happened after the fact. Right. Everyone laughed when they were like, Jasmine, where did you get that loaf of bread? I, where did she get a loaf of bread? As it so happens, uh, someone linked me a thing on Reddit earlier. Uh, I was reading the, the RuPaul's Drag Race Reddit uh, subreddit. And I guess someone was saying that Jasmine had like six suitcases and one of the suitcases was packed with food, with bread and cold <laughs> cuts and uh-huh. hot sauce. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so, and because some former contestants had said that the food there really sucks, and so she had brought her own food <laughs> in her bag. So I guess the loaf of bread came from her bags. The fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> no, this is your chance to live off some catering, to let someone right. else pay the food bill. I thought Max's little uh, old lady performance was really uh, what little bit we got to see looks like that's probably a regular act or a regular piece of her act with the, you know, dancing with the walker. Because yeah. we saw her in a previous challenge coming out with scoliosis, you know, with the crutches and stuff. I think, you know, that that... that because she, she did it really well. She seemed to have a real dance working with the walker, like, you know, like some kind of actually choreographed thing with the walker there. Now, as much as I do not like Dior, uh-huh. give her that when she dropped her cane and then she like crouched down and then she tried to twerk, I thought that was really funny. Because it looked like she was just, her knees were hurting, mostly because she's a big bitch and her knees were probably hurting. <laughs> they probably really were hurting. Yeah, no, when Pearl was walking really slow like an old lady, I couldn't tell if that was just because she's Pearl and she's just didn't give a fuck and she was walking really slow or whether that was supposed to be a character. I mean, um, we're going to talk a lot about Pearl, but I'm going to be honest with you. It shows you what a fucking superficial gay bitch I am because that girl can say whatever and I'm just like, you're pretty. I love you. On my face. Yeah, we know, Joe. <laughs> I know. I love her. Uh, okay, so the winners of this challenge were Max and Kennedy Davenport, and it has just happened last week, too. They got to choose their own teams for the main stage challenge where they had to put on a, a parody of two Shakespeare plays. One was called Romy and Juliet, and the other one was called Mechbitch. Um, what, was, what was the original name of that? Oh, my God. I've, yeah, I've, they, never, they heard of, I've never heard of them before. <laughs> yeah, they cut to a confessional where Pearl says, what is the real name for McBitch? Macbeth? I don't know. Call me young. Call me illiterate. Oh, illiterate. It was, yeah. Call me illiterate. And he thought it was a musical group because he's like, I've never heard of them. 
Ah, uh, he's so pretty. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're so cute. So yes, two. What, Donna? Put the pill bottle down. No. Say no. Well, I think she's in trouble. I mean, at the end, we saw that Rue gave her a warning. She needs to bring up the energy. Yeah. So we, we so we have the, the two badly written Shakespeare plays. And, of course, yeah. they, they immediately break into the And they choose the, the teams. And they choose the teams. And I think it becomes important because Miss Fame and Violet Tchotchke is the last one chosen. They were the last two. Uh, Miss Fame goes over to uh, Team Max. And Violet is the last one chosen. And she's picked last again. They, they get more to this and untucked. But, I mean, what? Girls, what do you think is going on? Because Violet does well. I do know that Violet actually said on the show, why am I always picked last? They cut away to a confessional of her going like, I don't know why I was picked last again. And half the people that I was watching the show with all went, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think in Untucked, they even touched on the fact that she's she's won and come in runner up in in previous competitions. So she, she clearly will help your team, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. she if you went by her past record, but she's just such a prima donna, right? She's such a... She is, but, and I'm going to get to this, I don't know, I actually might be Team Violet on this particular episode. I do think she's a bitch, but she actually might be right here. So Team Ke- uh, Team Kennedy Davenport, they get McBitch, uh, which is a crazy cheerleader parody of Macbeth. Now, Jasmine Dior Fierce is on Team Kennedy Davenport. No, she's on Team Max, actually, no, yes, right? She's on Team Max, yes. She's on Team Max, and she says she doesn't want... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I misread the name here. I'm sorry. We were still with Team Kennedy yes. Davenport here. Jasmine Masters, yes. they're assigning the roles, says she does not want to be the ghetto girl. I do not want to be the ghetto girl. I'm yeah. Clearly, I'm a linebacker, and I do not playing ghetto. So she wants to be McBitch, but it seems like McBitch is sort of cast as like the mean girl from like Mean Girls, right? The, like kind of a bitchy cheerleader, right? Yes. Yeah. And then Violet, they make her the ghetto girl because Kennedy says she's trying to make a point that she wants to put people out of their comfort zones. <laughs> yes. Which this clearly, when you hear them reading the lines, is not working out for them. Right. It, it, it definitely put the audience out of their comfort zone. I'll tell you that right now. It's... Yeah. And then they have to switch back, which obviously cuts into their time. And then she casts Jasmine as the ghetto girl, as probably should have been cast. And then Violet is cast as the bitchy cheerleading queen. And so my question to you, do you have any thoughts on that, Daniel? Do you have any thoughts on what can, do you think this was Kennedy's fatal mistake? I, I, I don't know. Cause I, I even thought at the time, it's like you switched those roles back and forth within like the first half hour. It's like, it's not like they, they took their scripts home and memorized the other, you know what I'm saying? Cause they made a big deal about, well, now they got to learn all new lines. It's like, you've maybe read through this once entirely. Yeah, it could have been, it could have been very quickly. We don't know the way they edited it. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's like, it really, honestly, it's like if it, uh, for a play that that small, right. It's a five minute play. You, you should know all the lines because I mean, you know, you're reading through it with everyone there. Right. And well, I mean, we'll get to that in a second, but don't you think though, Kennedy though, trying to make a point, by, I mean, if you're the team leader and you want your team to do well, why are you trying to make a point and put right. them out of their comfort zone? I think, right, and I think that Kennedy's fatal mistake actually came in not rehearsing as a group, which we found out about. Yeah, in, in we find out later. But, yeah. but we'll find out about it. I, I have a clip. I have too. a clip to play about okay. that. But I want Donna to give her uh, opinion before I play the clip. So, Donna, what did you think of? of did you think I that was Kennedy's like, mistake? I, I, it definitely was her mistake. The thing is. You have to think about the. I mean, when you are the the leader of that group, you have to think about the fact that if your team fails, you're the first one being thrown under the bus. I don't care how badly someone else fails. If it comes down to well, the parts were not picked correctly, you're you're done. It's yeah. Good. Right. Lip syncing for your life. Yeah, which I, I I feel later on she sort of tries to like get, we, we uh, wiggle her way out of that. Daniel. Well, here here in her own words, which she's very she gives a clear and concise explanation of exactly what she meant uh, in, during the rehearsal. So here you go. Here, Myself, there was sometimes I didn't know when I had her. to Hold start. On. I know when I'm learning a script, I always learn who is what the, the, the person before me says. And I knew my cue was pig because mm-hmm. she says pig and mm-hmm. the pig in a wig. I knew I, that was my time to say double, double. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, <laughs> it was a judgment call on my end. So it's no tea. And I don't hold grudges. You don't really care for me anyway. And the that's feeling, not the I'm, case. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not. It, we can still be girlfriends after, but we never really was girlfriends from the beginning. It's all about, it's, it's, it's about the game. <laughs> so there you go. That very was from my talk. A yeah. very clear expression. And I hope this does not throw me into a dark light and make anyone think that it's a racial issue. 
Does anyone else notice that the black girls are in for the game? They fuck yeah. the community, fuck the friendships. They are there only for the game. I would. I don't. I don't. I, I would, look at last year with busted teeth and Bianca. Like, yeah, she fell in. Like, she worked with Bianca and she fell in love. But it was all about the game. It I was all about. But I wouldn't count, classify all the black. Like, I don't think Jasmine is that way. I think this is really a Kennedy and Jasmine. I mean, excuse me. Not. I mean, uh, what's her name? The Jaden Deere first. Jaden Deere. I. I don't think she's as into the game as Kennedy. And I think it, it's. Is it maybe more of a pageant queen thing? Because I know that Kennedy and Jasmine both knew each other from the pageant circuit. Is yeah, that? But like, you think about yeah. Tyra. You think about Tyra from the previous season. You think about the one girl who thinks she was Beyonce with the busted teeth and the fucking flow. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about these girls who are so fiercely about the game that they just don't care about it. But I think that's to Daniel's point. I think those two girls are also pageant queens. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Because when because when you look at the comedy queens like Trixie and whatnot, they don't seem to be, you know, they don't necessarily seem. And to go with a white thing is who was that girl you were doing an impression of earlier, Daniel, before we started recording? What's her name again? Um, I don't know. She's white. You were saying, oh, I sounded like, what's, oh, God, I can't remember her name now. She's oh, a uh, Alyssa Edwards. Alyssa Edwards is a pageant queen, and yes. she was in it for the game, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Daniel's right. I think it's a pageant queen. You know I was just, I would, and then I was just drawing a conclusion. No, it's all right. What I saw, but yeah, yeah no, no, I think that makes complete sense, then. The pageant queens yeah. are just about winning. And girl, you mean you you yeah. gotta have fun when you're there too. It can't just all be about the game all the time. What's right. that documentary about the pageant queen scene? I pageant? I, is that what it's called? Yeah. Huh. No, now my favorite one is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Well, that's obviously not a documentary. Yes, it is. It's, I, I fucking love that movie. But no, no pageant was actually really amazing because it had uh, Pork Chop Parker. Yeah. Season one, first girl out on season one, and showed the fact that she was an amazing drag queen. She was an amazing performer. She was an amazing person. So, I mean, it, that I actually really, really enjoyed that documentary because it really got to show that Pork Chop was not just some busted queen like eating cereal out of a sand pail. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to commercial. We, when we come back to the workroom, now we're now going to meet up with Team Max as they start uh, breaking into Romy and Juliet. You know, it's another thing here. There's not really much to say here because I think Team Max actually probably worked pretty well together. They try to build some sort of false drama for suspense, but it looks like they pretty much got along. We do get to see a hint, though, what we'll see later, where Jaden is already a problem with the way she's reading the script. There's a little bit of foreshadowing there. Jaden has trouble reading the script. But other than that, it seems that they all got along. Yeah, I I, have a way of saying that Jaden has a problem reading. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I think what can be, uh, I mean, yeah, they clearly did a much better job. As we found out later in Untucked, you know, Max was uh, so, it says that he was choosing team members strategically of people that, you know, that he thought would do well in, in, in acting and whatnot. So he was being intelligent. Um, But (laughs) what I wanted to say was, uh, so this comes from Reddit today. Uh, but apparently last night, Ginger Minge was hosting a uh, RuPaul Drag Race viewing party at Hamburger Mary's in, uh, it doesn't say where. but one Probably of, in one, California somewhere. Okay, I think so there's one in Los Angeles. No, there, yeah, there's one in Fort Lauderdale. There's, yeah, I mean. Oh, you know, there is. Yeah, there's okay. one in Tampa, Florida. But um, anyway, it's a chain, right? But the point is, is that she was hosting a, a viewing party last night and she uh, talked to the audience during the commercials. And she said, and this is a secondhand account, but she said that, um, that Ru read Team Kennedy um, during that rehearsal that to, to the extent that Rue told them to shut the cameras off and then <laughs> call them out on their bullshit for about 20 minutes and that Rue was furious at them going in. Um, so even before, you know, the final runway thing, Rue was so pissed off at this group. Oh, so the read happened during the, 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 yes. the rehearsal with Rue. Yes. And this, oh, this is bared out. This is actually bared out to be true. I mean, I give it some credence because in Untucked, we find out that Jasmine had already packed her bags before even doing the final run. She was so, you know, in one of her interviews at the end of Untucked, she was just like going, I thought for the first time in Drag Race history, she was just going to walk into the workroom and go, you know what? You're not even lip sync. You're just fuck out of here. It's like, it was like, uh, you know, so it's like, it was, it was a bad enough read that they knew, right. That they knew that one of them was going home. I mean, it was like, 
I realize that this is a second-hand account that happened, but Ginger Midge needs to watch herself. <laughs> anyone who anyone who's a fan of uh, Johnny McGovern and his podcast back when it used to be uh, uh, this amazing production, uh, he will remember a little bit of a cease and desist from the world of wonder for someone who likes to spill the tea and you right. signed a contract, bitch. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be surprised that Ginger Bridge doesn't know how to read either because she's over there just opening her mouth and letting her gum swing. Well, it depends. I mean, this is all secondhand accounts, so we don't know. But what we do know is that we do know what Jasmine said, you know, that she she had had her bag packed ahead of time and, you know, what I'm saying. So it's like clearly it was a bad enough, you know, fuck up that they knew that they were going to go. And even an untuck, they said we must have the cut of that we saw must have been very generous because the other group was saying that it was just, you know, that they really got red and that that was on untucked. So, well, we move back to team Kennedy here, back to their rehearsal, just to go back with what Daniel was saying. And then we, that's where they switch the characters because we see Jasmine can't get sassy, the sassy McBitch character down, Violet can't get the ghetto girl down. Romans, hunting men. Now at this point, right before we go to the rehearsals, Kennedy, I'm sorry, Violet wants to rehearse. Yes. She thinks they should run through it one more time, and Kennedy shuts her down. Yes. She says, no, we just need to all read on our own, yes. which I think was – because I think this becomes important because in Untucked, Kennedy sort of tries to distance herself from that, doesn't she? Yeah, that, that was part of the, the thing I was just playing there. Yeah. That was that part of that argument there, yeah. Yeah, but we see it happen right there that Kennedy's like, no, no, we're going to read on our own. Right. Okay, so now we go into the rehearsal with Team Max. Um, again, not that much happens without the other people, but then – and I want to get to my enemy – Jaden Dior Fierce goes into this bizarre meltdown and she's like, I want this so bad. Like none of the other queens want it bad. But I feel that wasn't it just last week where it was her foot? Yes. Now I'm not one to make excuses because I don't like it when yeah, people make excuses. Thing. Yeah. But and then it's just now, been two weeks of excuses. Is it clear that your your boyfriend is on too Girl. many pills and Dior's maybe not on enough pills? I, I know. He should give her some of his pills. Well, but they obviously don't like each other, so why would they share? Ugh. Oh, do Jaden and Pearl not get along? I don't think... I, I don't have the impression yeah. that all of those girls have just been... They, they've yeah. made their little clicks and they're sticking to it. It's funny to find out. Well, I guess we found out just through secondhand, through Untucked, that uh, Trixie and Max went to school together. Yeah, they, yeah. they sort of dropped that in there. They, yeah. they, they, they haven't really elaborated on that. Yeah. yeah, but Trixie and Matt went to school together. And then when Trixie uh, says, don't we all just love Max? And then like cunt, cunty face goes, I don't. <laughs> no, but she was, she was, she yeah, was, didn't know what address. she knew, she knew, you know what's going on. You're being misleading. I'm actually going to defend Ginger Minge a little bit there. <sighs> but uh, anyway. Does you kind of look alike? Uh, I think I'm not, you're, th- you're talking to the wrong Joey queen. <laughs> All right. Move um, along. Okay. So H- she, however, uh, however, now- the animated gif of the day that won the internet today was the one of Pearl running into the tree, trying to walk off stage. Oh, I oh never saw God. that in chat. I have to see. Yeah. That. I haven't, I didn't see that on the episode. Oh yes. She tried to walk off the stage and she hit the tree. <laughs> Oh I God. thought there I thought there was an instant gif. Right Did they make a gif, Daniel, of when this is gonna be visual so the listeners won't see this, but when Trixie claps her hands together and just puts it up like I give up no. like silently. No. I thought, oh that's like a gif waiting to happen right there. Then you should make it. I don't know how to do that stuff. I'm a Luddite. I wish there was an interconnected series of tubes that could help you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I could figure it out. I think there's actually now websites where you can just put in what you want and it'll make it for you. Google actually has a website. Yes. Oh. Move along. Oh, okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, now we go to the Team Kennedy rehearsal, and now we know this is where everything falls apart. Let's actually talk about my boyfriend. What was that weird fucking masculine voice she was doing? Friends, when she was the narrator. Romans, you know what? I think it's kind of the Pearl character because if you remember her entrance on episode one, she comes oh, in and yeah. she goes, sup? Like, I think she gets, you know, it's kind of like that ginger queer kind of drag thing where maybe she likes to speak in a really deep voice because her, she just has a masculine voice as a boy and she, she doesn't feel right doing a, you know, a, a fake woman's voice. She or she feminine looking she is to throw you off by speaking in such a butch tone well the other thing is she's so boring that's the most interesting thing she can do is play on that because yeah she's right she looks really feminine she's really fishy so she's super funny neither of you are in the pride 48 chat room but i did post a link to the uh, pearl uh-huh. running, running into a tree Oh, I thought you were going to post it in the Google Hangout. I'll post oh. it there for you. But, you know, you're, you're ignoring our one and only listener, RT Cruiser, in the chat room. So I just figured, you know, that I would. 
Um, okay, here we go. So, uh, again, total meltdown here with Team Kennedy. Um, I'm, yeah, where Team Kennedy does a weird masculine voice. Then Kennedy and Candy Ho, which doesn't really get because Jasmine is such a fuck up. Kennedy and Candy Ho can't get their lines down when they're doing the boil, boil, toil, and trouble stuff. Yep. And then. Because I know uh, that pig is my cue. I know when oh, she said right. pig in a wig, that's my cue. Uh, yeah, there we go. So I just saw the, the gif right now of Pearl Bob into the tree. That girl is seriously on some hardcore. She's on Not like only that, but what was, what was with her outfit? Was that weird little cod piece in the front? And she's supposed to be playing a head shield? I don't know. It was really. I actually don't. Maybe Donna can fill us in here. I don't actually even really understand what they. Why did they remove their dresses? Because at one point they just removed their dresses. <laughs> I have no clue. How the fuck would I know? I didn't know if there was some sort of like drag thing there that was missing, like some sort of inside joke. But they just all took off their dresses, and I didn't know what was going on with that. I don't. Maybe that was uh, something more Shakespearean. I, I have no fucking clue. I, I, I don't understand half these queens. Yeah, well, I also thought it would be explained in the actual filmed version, but the, no, it doesn't really make any much more sense there. So yeah, so Rue sort of bails out. She says, "Let's just move on," and then Rue does say, as an you know, an omen. In seven seasons, she's never seen a car crash like that before. Now, can we talk about that for one second? Sure. This annoys me, and it happens a lot of times with RuPaul, is that she will say what is common, a commonly known phrase, but she'll fuck it up and then like somehow make it seem like she meant to. Like, what, what do you mean car crash? I think you mean train wreck. It's like that's the phrase, right? It's like, uh, you know, it's like I've never seen such a train wreck. Who ever says car crash? That's that's not even the the phrase, right? That's kind of like candy corn saying, you know, that this is not on her alley or whatever. It's like, girl, it can be in your alley or up your alley, but it ain't on your alley. Well, Daniel, uh, she's from Los Angeles, and we don't have many trains, but there are <laughs> a lot of cars. Uh-huh. And anyone who knows a good rubbernecker knows that when when a car crash happens, everybody wants to stop and look, and that's why we have traffic. The other thing, Daniel, I don't know if you listen to the podcast regularly or not. The RuPaul. I have not. Uh, no, today was, you know, I heard a piece of it today. That was the first time. I did not even know it existed. Okay. Uh, she messes shit up all the time and Michelle calls her on it and she <laughs> just sort of laughs it off on the show. But she, yeah, she has trouble talking. Yeah. And it's sort of a common thing, a common theme on the podcast that comes up quite frequently. Well, I don't want to derail us because I mean, you know, from this train wreck, but you know, I just like, that was one of those things. So yes, she, this was apparently where they told her, you know, she turned the cameras off and read them the filth. So. That makes sense because they were really sad the next day. So we're back in the workroom. It's elimination day. And Jasmine says, because, you know, Jasmine's worried about herself. And she says, because she's so stoked on her dress. She says, I know for a fact this is the best dress that ever walked down the runway of RuPaul's Drag Race ever. In fact, let's actually cut to the chase here a little bit. Donna, you've seen the looks? Yes, I have. Let's just stop right here. Let's just talk about Jasmine Masters here. Was that the best dress that ever walked down the runway of RuPaul's Drag Race ever? No. Um, that dress was straight out of some sequitqueens.com. I've seen that pattern before. That dress probably cost her about $350. It was a gorgeous dress. I'm not going to deny her that black and white beauty, but it wasn't like it was hand-beaded for her. That I mean, I can go online and order that same dress in my size. She said... Someone said that dress must weigh 100 pounds, and she said yes. It, I mean, like, I think it was Michelle no. Massage that but asked her. This dress is very heavy. It's not that heavy. No, well, I mean, just say what she was saying. There was a, to me, this seemed like a stupid move on, on her part. It's like if she knows she fucked up so badly in the reading, then why wear an outfit that's going to inhibit you dancing if you know you're going to be lip syncing for your life? Why? That just seemed like really poor planning on her part. It's like if if you know that you're going to, you know, if you have a reasonable suspicion that you are going to be, you know, you were the most fucked up person on a fucked up team, right? This is where you're making the mistake. I think she knew. I, I don't want to defend her, mm-hmm. but I will say that there are many times that someone does a shitty job, a very shitty job on the challenge but has an amazing runway and the runway has helped them stay safe. Yeah. Then you don't smear shoe polish on your chin. You use spirit gum and put an actual beard on. Yeah. Them. Yeah. 
explain this to me because I'm so confused. Like, I don't know if I must have breezed through that section. I don't get the beard thing. What Did Rue talk about the beard thing? What no, it's miss- just every every runway has a theme this season, and we don't know what they are. So last year, week, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the challenge. Last week was, you know, Travel Eleganza. This week was the Bearded Lady. So you're Conchita was- Worst. I think they were trying to do a play on Conchita Worst. And oh. the one thing that annoyed me the most was that I don't care who you are. I don't care what your religious background is. There is no way you can tell me that when you saw Violet Chotsky walk out, that you didn't go, oh my God, it's Jesus. It's like, and yet no one made that comment on the panel. It's like, she looks like Jesus with that beard and the hair. And it's just kind of like going, oh my God, it's Jesus. Jesus in a pink dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move on. Actually, we haven't gotten to the dresses yet, but Kennedy and the older queens were, they were upset with the young queens. And um, Ginger in a confessional says that Mrs. Kasha Davis herself, Ginger Minge, Kennedy and Jasmine are the bitter old lady brigade. Which so is going back- the worst name for a group ever. Well, it shows you, Daniel, that she has all these clever lines that those were pre-written before she got there. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Off the oh, cuff. God damn it. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I gotta, wait, I got to do this. I got to keep going. Keep going. I got to find this, this clip. Um, we also go ahead, Donna. The title is the worst. Is it bitter? Is it old lady? Is it brigade? Just all together. Feel old. Individually, I don't think any of those words are bad. It's just putting them in that sequence together to describe yourself as a group uh, just seems to be. By the way, is Ginger Minge really that old? I mean, I know Mrs. Kasha Davis is older, and Kennedy and Jasmine are. Say it again, Donna. Say it again. What? I just, yeah, no, she, she's, I don't know if she's that old, but she looks old. And I, yeah, that could be it. And then Ginger goes on. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, Ginger goes on and tells, tells a story about a cancer lady who used to go to yes. her show. Oh, can I do that? Can I do it? Can I do it? Can yeah. I do it? Yeah. You know what? These young, stupid queens, they're all a bunch of cunts, and I really, really hate them. In fact, I really would like to take a shotgun and blow their fucking heads off because I'm a horrible, horrible person. And, uh, and I'll tell you something else. Once there was a woman that had cancer, and I went and organized a drag pageant for her. And I did everything. I made the drag performance happen to this woman with cancer in hospice because I'm such a good person. Such a good person. I healed her back to health. With the, but they went to hospice and did the power of my drag. What's funny is, is I realize you're joking when you play that music, but at the same time, I could also picture her, like, I could picture her in her mind going, this is the moment that they'll start playing. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. That was exactly my point, Donna, which is she's sitting there trashing people, right? And then she looks over and sees that the camera are on her. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, she breaks into this sad sob story about how she cured a woman with cancer. It's just kind of like, oh, for God's sake, you're just playing to the cameras, you cunt. Now, what's funny is, so I look at I look at all the last looks, and I, I did little one notes for everybody because I was trying to take notes. And and for her, I just put nasty, <laughs> <laughs> which it gives out. And it's not me trying to be mean. It wasn't like me trying to hate her, but she just comes out and just like, nasty. Like, the dress was ugly. That corset was ugly. The hair was ugly. Like, just nasty. <laughs> Well, actually, let's let's actually jump over there. Actually, uh, let's jump over to the main stage first. Uh, Rue's outfit, and if, Daniel, do you have any thoughts on Rue's outfit? Don, do you have any thoughts on Rue's outfit? I have. Uh, I have thoughts, but I'll let Donna go first. I think her outfit seems very simple to me. I don't know who designed it. It's. I think it's it's beautiful because I don't think I've ever seen her wear anything ugly. I think the hair. I love the hair. The hair was amazing. I want the hair. Here's <laughs> the for me. Here's the thing that struck me about the dress. She comes out, and of course, it's a lime green undertone over, you know, the black dress over the top of it. Uh, and that's what we saw on the runway. And we all know that Michelle Visage hates green, especially lime green. But when she's sitting at the judging panel, suddenly I can't see the lime green that I saw up on the dress. It's like, it's, I, now I'm seeing skin. It's like, did she remove the lime green underpantings? Did she switch a dress when she sat down or something? Because when I see her behind the desk, I don't see the bright lime green coming between the, the flaps of the dress. I'm seeing her skin. So it's and like... To be honest, do you put it past Rue to go to her spot, sit down, and have someone from the camera crew say, yeah, that green just doesn't look good with the lighting. And just have her be like, okay, well, let's rip this shit off. Maybe, or yeah, maybe... And I think, I think on the podcast, Rue has said too, once they do the walk... Under the table, she's already like in sweat with sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe that was just an uncomfortable thing to sit in or whatever. But it's, it just struck me. It's just like, wait a second. You were wearing lime green just a second ago and you're not now. That's right. 
So she goes to the end of the runway. She looks great. And her guest judges this week, Kat Dennings and Mel B, were probably not going to come back to them. They didn't really do anything particularly interesting. But do you guys have anything to say about Kat Dennings or Mel B? I love Kat Dennings, but I find her, I, I found her really boring this episode. I like Mel B. I watch America's Got Talent every year, so I do like uh, Mel B. But I, this this is the second week in a row that this is suddenly becoming a, a thing here that's going to lead me to ask this question. Where the fuck is Ross Matthews? Wait, wait. Isn't he supposed to be like a new judge this year? It's like I think maybe he was a guest judge and they just mislabeled the, the press mislabeled him. What do you mean the press? <laughs> well, because that, the, I didn't see an I never saw an official thing through. I was from things I read online, just like oh, Carson and Drew Ross are the new judges. Videos on YouTube about the fact that he was taken over. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe. World of Warcraft, World of Wonder. Trust me, I do it all the time. World of Wonder put out so much shit about these new hosts. Yeah, they did. Huh. But I'm thinking maybe because you know it. This is a television show, right? It, it has a production schedule over you know 13 weeks or whatever. Maybe they, he started off as a guest judge, but then they brought him back and they liked what he did. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he did a good. Well, no, they do this show really, really fast. I think it's done in a little over two weeks or three weeks. Really? So maybe after a couple of days. Well, I, I was saying maybe he's busy doing something else. But what yeah. else is there? Yeah. Does he still have a show? Yeah, he still has a show, I think. It could be. Look, if you think about it, it's only been two episodes. So in theory, it's only about really three or four days since he's been on there. He could have easily had some sort of food poisoning. You know. Oh no, some sort of like <laughs> engagement that he you know he couldn't get out of for a week. All right. But that's two episodes. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Ross Matthews. Tied up and slain. Um, okay, so let's go to the looks. Um, I'm not gonna really have that much to say about the looks. Uh do you want me to run down with them one by one, or do you guys have any thoughts just in general? Let's run down a girl. Max, any thoughts on Max? Loved it. Loved it. I put ringleader. I, I it was very circus chic, and I love the fact that the 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 mustache was kind of curled in a weird way. Yes. Uh, what about Ginger Minge? Very nasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't remember. Uh, Trixie Mattel. I put Viking goddess. I Ooh. loved. I love that wings feel. It was very Viking. Yes. I love the headdress, and I love the fact that. Even though Trixie wasn't doing a Barbie character, she still kept her same facial makeup. So it was kind of like you knew it was Trixie, right? She's, she has like, like that patented Trixie face, but in a, in a more glamorous setting. They look so big. They're so dark, but yeah. they're so big. Yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I do love her eyes. Uh, for future reference, Daniel, if we can't do it today, we should come up with a, a sissy that walk bed that we can okay. do underneath when we do this. All right. Um, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Who? Uh, I just put Crow. Oh, I think there were a lot of black feathers in it or something. Black. And um, I realize that some people think black is slimming. And I don't know if it thinks you think it make you look older. And then the black and white hair was just, girl, no, no. <laughs> what about Jaden Dior Fierce? Uh, who? I put fugly. I don't even remember what the <laughs> outfit is. I just know I wrote the word fugly. What did she wear? Oh, I don't have it in front of me. I, I, we should probably come up. We can look at it together. Oh, she's the one that had the two different. She had the different color hair from the different color beard. Yes. Yes. And, and it was and it was not a beard. It was once again that five o'clock shadow. Yes. It was just you know I just put fugly. Um, Miss Fame. I put Peggy Bundy with a beard. <laughs> I like it. I I seem to recall liking Miss Fame's. It was a tight like panel dress with the big red hair. Like it was cute. Yeah. Kennedy Davenport. Uh, it was alopecia. <laughs> I have one. I, I, I had to put on a beard. This is this is what I have to say about Kennedy Davenport, which is who <laughs> thriving. <laughs> I got this dress on, girl, so I didn't tuck her nothing. <laughs> Bitch, my gaff is wearing me. <laughs> what did she say? I actually put a question there. For what did Who's she say? Whose pussy's throbbing? Oh, yes, it's not bleeped in one of the other uh, YouTube clips, but yes, that's. Uh, She's a big bitch. What what is she, what has she got to tuck? Okay, that's that's what happens when you a big bitch. That's that's the name of my autobiography. Okay, who had, who had the box on top of her head? That was oh, Candy Ho. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and for it. her, I put Fu Manchu squared. Mm -hmm. I did like the little suspended box hair. I thought that was cute. I do. It was yeah. Katya, uh, Abraham Lincoln. I like that one. Uh, yes, I did too. Yes. I was so worried when I, because I didn't, before they panned out and all I saw, I was like, oh my God, bitch is pulling milk and she's coming out in pants. And then when they zoomed back, I'm like, okay, bitch is in a gown. Okay, that's okay. Mm. It was cute. Jasmine Masters. Ooh. Linebacker, love dress. <laughs> that's all I wrote. 
hobo in a dress. <laughs> it I is. It's like, remember when you dressed up as a hobo for Halloween as a kid and you had put the shoe polish on your, hey, look at me, I'm a hobo. It's just like, that's, that's, I'm sorry. I that's understand just sad. it. And why did she purposely age herself by going with a slightly gray beard? I know it was sick. That, that beard excuse was so lame. It was so lame. Mm-hmm. Sure? Pearl. But, Jesus. Pearl. Oh, no, no. Pearl. Oh, damn it. What? what it's she... weird because it had all those weird red things. <gasps> so it wasn't a beard. I like that, though. I thought that was kind of creative that she like just didn't do just a slap on a beard whatever. She made a little, you know. I mean, clearly they know the themes ahead of time because she made this little fabric beard. I thought it was cute. The hair, it just, there was something so off about it. It just, it just looked weird. It looked like a weird chin strap. Yeah. Uh, Candy Ho was next, but we covered her already, yes. correct? She yes. wasn't with the hair box. And then finally, Violet Chachki. Yes, Jesus. Uh, yeah, very much Jesus. I, I actually thought the dress was cute. I thought it was a little short. I don't know. Well, Maybe, I mean, it was very 50s, but it was a, a little short for me. Yes. Um, but, you know, I love, and I love the fact that the, the wig and the beard perfectly matched hair color wise. So then we went to commercial and then we went, they played the two final uh, videotape results of the plays. Did we have anything really to say from the final? I I laughed out loud at the point that uh, Pearl like came up elevator style from up top and then didn't say anything. It was just, just like this really random, like I'm supposed to make a narration thing, but she just like popped up and stared into the spotlight. It was, it was bizarre. Yeah. I want to talk about a commercial. I've only really just sort of seen it when I when I go past the commercials. I don't really actually watch it. I think maybe I will next time. But what the hell is Boy Butter? And they keep pushing this Boy Butter commercial. Boy Butter is used. Um, it's a type of lube. It's oh. thicker. It's a thicker lube. It's more of a paste, like a pomade. Uh-huh. And well, originally it was used a lot more for fisting, but now they're I guess they're extreme. Oh. That was good fisting cream because you need that good, like, like Vaseline. You get the fist Hi, had a lettuce here for boy butter, the hottest gay male personal liquid on the market today. You may be asking yourself, why is boy butter so special? Besides its creamy texture and delicious smell, it's leaps and bounds over those silicone-based lubes on the market. There you go. Um, well, let's just buzz through this. We have uh, so back at the main stage, Team Max wins. They win the whole thing. They are dismissed. Not, uh, not only does Team Max win, but Max wins. Max also wins, and Jaden Dior Fierce is given kudos for overcoming her fears. She did, and uh, those outfits that she won. What? What, what the fuck? Oh, like the, the latex outfits. Yeah, some kind yeah. of weird leather uh, latex like dungeon outfits or something. With Every single year, somebody wins those latex. I think last year it was um, the winner was the one that came out as a cockroach. Oh, that was a Ben de la So Ben de la won the latex outfits last year. You're just kind of looking at that going. Well, what's funny is Miss Fame could use those latex outfits. Both Ben de la and Max, they're like old school kind of like they, they harken back to an olden time. Yeah. They're going to come out in like latex. Well, I'm sure couture. she can sell them and get her Max own. Could figure something very cool yes. out with a latex outfit. All right. That's true. Um, okay. Jasmine does not. Because then Jasmine comes out during the up for the team. Kennedy's up for elimination. Jasmine talks about how she didn't want to put the beard on. Something happened. Does she have to go to the hospital? If she puts that, that uh, spirit she, gum on there? She had an allergic reaction at some point and she didn't want to take the risk of doing that because it would mess up her skin for the next 30 okay. years of her life. And, I'm a makeup artist, so let me go ahead and just throw this out there. Yeah. Now, this she probably used it a very long time ago. Currently, spirit gum, it used to be a type of sap. It was more of a natural product. Yeah. It was like a sap. Yeah. And there were a lot of people allergic to it. Yeah. And she basically actually I had my issues too. Nowadays, it's artificial. Right. I don't know anyone who's allergic to spirit gum now. And I think this really, when you take into account the untucked performance and, you know, the fact that she was just, she was packed and ready to go. I think she had just resigned herself that she was, you know, she was like, fuck it. He was like, I had an allergic reaction a long time ago. I'm not going to risk this because I know I'm walking out that door tonight and I have to go work in a club next week. So. Nope. I don't care if my fucking skin is sloughing off and I'm bleeding all over the stage. My ass is going on that stage with a beard on. There you go. Yeah. So uh, Violet brings up also on stage during the elimination that she wanted to run through the script once, and Kennedy shuts her down. Kennedy says she is not going to take instructions from anyone. Right. Uh, which I think that I would, I would have eliminated Kennedy just for that. 
And this is this is when RuPaul gave her her little, you know, no more goddamn yeah. excuses. That's when Ru lost it, which is so funny because I was thinking from a producing standpoint. I mean, say what you will about Jasmine. She's infinitely more television interesting than Kennedy. Kennedy's so boring and as a television personality. I mean, Jasmine Miss Masters is going to mix shit up. So you say that. When Kennedy won the challenge, I kept going, wait, which one's Kennedy again? Yeah. I couldn't remember. Like, I, I watched every episode and I'm like, wait, who's Kennedy again? Kennedy, you know Kennedy the that, Kennedy's the one that plays the bearded lady in every challenge. Yeah. I, you know what's funny, too, is Jazz and Masters, clearly you can tell who she is. Jaden Dior Fears with her excuses, you can tell who she is. And you still don't know who Kennedy is. Right. She's the only other black one. You right. still don't know who she is. Yeah. So I was sort of shocked by that. So anyway, the girls, go ahead. You say coming from a producer point of view. Yeah, like from a producer, because what happens is, go ahead. Don't you think it'd be more entertaining for us to show RuPaul flipping out? Like, like not even like the full flip out where it makes her look crazy or anything, but don't you think they should have been like, like she's done this before where she's like, well, I talked to them and then they cut to previously during the challenge and they cut to a video of her. They've done it on Untucked where they, they would just cut to it and like, and then show her freaking out or right. like her trying to talk them into it. And they could have edited it to make her look calm and just angry. Right. I'm going to tell you something. There is a weird producing thing um, with them because, like I said, I went last year to the finale and I'll probably go again this year. And last year at the finale, those girls were shady ass bitches. Shady, 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 throwing shade and reading each other on the stage. And I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be a good show. And then the finale that aired, you would think the queens loved each other. So right. I don't know. They have some sort of like, all the queens that get along kind of thing. But anyway, we have to wrap up here. So one, so what we learn is that Jazz and Masters is sent home after what I feel is a lackluster lip sync performance. Do you guys agree? If, yeah. If that dress weighs as much as she says, not 100 pounds, but if that dress was, I mean, it was kind of impressive that she was kind of basically doing Russian squats with a really heavy dress on. I mean, that was kind of impressive. But yeah, it was a very lackluster performance. And I think... She knew that going in, in the Untucked episode, she's like, if I'm up against Kennedy, I'm just not going to move my mouth. And she was just coming up with excuses. She knew that she was going home and she was just trying to, you know, basically be able to play it off as saying, you know what, I I, I meant to throw it. You know, it's like, I now, I wanted to leave. Before we go, I've got to yeah. ask, what's up with the statue? You I kind of love it. I kind of love it. Is it like you're a loser, take your statue and leave? This is your departing prize? That's I think it? so. I think so. I think it's really good gay humor, too. Just to watch even girls crying and holding a silly statue like that is so funny. That's going to end up on eBay. It is. It is. Uh, okay, I think we're going to have to wrap it up right there. Coming yeah. up next is Ramble Redhead well, on the I mean, screen. Yeah, we, I just told him we, we got two minutes here. But yeah, so I, I want to say the other thing about Jasmine is there's a uh, another show on Logo called What You Packin' with the Michelle Visage and interviews the, the uh, evicted person the next day. Mm-hmm. And Jasmine and, and basically goes through their wardrobe you know give them a chance to show oh if if you had done the snatch game who who would you have played and you know can you want to show what was the one look you wanted to th- jasmine wouldn't show her any of her dresses she's basically like, <gasps> she's like no they're already packed up and because i didn't get to wear them on tv then i'm going to keep them and use them for something else and oh, <laughs> it's just kinda- that queen is bitter for either didn't pack enough shit or right. fuck you no, I think she's going to try and petition to be like a Shangela. She's trying to position herself like, Fuck bring that, me back that, next week. That here. shit again. They got so much shit for it last time. I know you're right, but I don't think Jasmine realized that. She's like, I could be the next Shangela. All right. Joe Batanz, so, take us know. out. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another recap of RuPaul's Drag Race. Join us next week live on Tuesdays on Pride48.com at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. And if you didn't get to hear it live, you can always download the show wherever you get your podcasts. So until next week, for Daniel Brewer, Donna Sugars, and myself, Sashay away. Until next week.